Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Three of Seven podcast. This is Chad. Hey, before we dig into today's episode, I want to talk about a really simple topic, and that is initiative. And I'm going to tell a few stories about kind of what has this on my mind, and it's going to come from an angle that you might think I'm crazy, but um, anyways, over the last few weeks... I keep walking in on people in public bathrooms that don't lock the door behind them. And it drives me crazy. Like, so I was in, I was at the doctor's office the other day. And so it's a public restroom, guys. Like, I don't know if it's a, if this public restroom has like four or five stalls in it, if it's a single-person bathroom. So, like, it's not on me to, I don't feel like it's on me to knock on the door and ask if anyone's in there. So, I just walk into the bathroom at the doctor's office, and there's like this, like, elderly lady sitting on the toilet, and I'm sorry, but it wasn't a pretty sight, and like... <laughs> Just like over and over again, this keeps happening to me um, in restaurants and like gas stations, stuff like that. And I'm thinking these people, like they don't have enough initiative to turn around and lock the bathroom door behind them. And kind of what put the icing on the cake was yesterday I was coming back from the mountain, we took a group of men out, uh, a group of my role players out to do a proof of concept mission for the finishing school. And on the way back, we stop at a convenience store and I walk in to use the restroom. And of course, I just open the door and go to walk right in. And there's a young man in there and he gets angry at me for walking in on him when it was actually his lack of initiative to lock the door behind himself. And the whole time this dude, like, like verbally, he's, he's being disrespectful. And the whole time I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, dude, I want to love you so much. Why are you making it so hard on me right now? Like, I don't like to fight. Like, I don't like to get in verbal confrontation physical confrontation, like, that's just not my style. So, of course, nothing happens, and um, I just let this guy go on his rant and then just let him leave the store, and, I, and then I go in the bathroom and do my business. But when I walk in, I look at the door, and sure enough, there's a lock right there on the door. I don't know. It's just astounding to me, I, you know, and I think that everything starts with initiative like you have to take the first step no matter what your goal is no matter what your mission is and why do I relate this lesson back to such a simple thing is because things like initiative and things like integrity they have to start with the simple things in your life it has to start with the simple everyday things in your life. You have to master those things. If you don't have the initiative to lock the bathroom door behind yourself, 
how are you going to have the initiative to take the first step in an ultra marathon or in a training cycle leading up to an ultra marathon? It just doesn't work that way. So that's my, uh, that's what's on my mind today. Do you have the initiative to lock the bathroom door behind yourself in public? And I hope you all do. We got an awesome group of people listening to this uh, podcast. So I don't know. You guys all post a little thing about this on Instagram. <laughs> Go on there and let me know what you think. I hope you all don't think I'm crazy after um, telling you what's going on in the depths of my mind. But. Anyways, today's episode is with a good friend of mine named Jeff Holloway. Jeff is the owner of CrossFit Rome, which is the CrossFit gym in the town that I live in. Um, He's a good friend of mine. We run a lot together, and we have some great conversations out on the trail. Jeff is a solid man of God. Um, He is an entrepreneur. Obviously, he's a business owner, and he just has a lot of knowledge based around those topics, but also based around, obviously, health, fitness, nutrition, those type things. So we kept having these awesome conversations on the trail, and finally one day I just asked Jeff, I said, hey, man, let's sit down and record a uh, conversation between each other. And, of course, we didn't cover every single topic that we probably could have, but we got a good base of information out, and got a lot of knowledge from Jeff. So, I hope you guys enjoy it. Jeff's an awesome guy. So, here he is, Mr. Jeff Holloway. A lot of times, the people are very, have a tendency, all of us are, everybody is has a tendency to be short-sighted um, with what's here now in front of us versus if I maintain the current trajectory, where am I headed? Ask that a lot. If you keep doing what you're doing, where are you going? A lot of times people are like, I don't really like where I'm going. You can change that. All right, Brother Jeff, welcome to the 307 Podcast. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for making the time to uh, to come on, man. You know, what I love about you, Jeff, is I guess what drew me to you was when we did that run the other day. And, you know, just the conversation that we had and talking about the community that you've built here, you know, within your gym. And you are, in my eyes, you are a a influencer here within our community. And not just in my eyes, that's in, in actuality, that's what you are. And I think it's important for people to understand that there are influencers within their own communities. Like, I think people get so wrapped around the fact and think that they have to find their inspiration online or find their motivation some in some distant from some distant land or somebody that might be unreachable. But uh, you know, if you're struggling with something or, or you're you're searching for something, there are influencers within your own community that you can seek out. And, you know, you are one of those people. Um, I know I had told you one of the things that I kind of was lacking in my life was, you know, relationships with people, other men within my 
own community. Um, you know, we've got a broad reach with social media and podcasting and all this stuff, but but it's just not the same as like that close personal relationship that you can build with men and the friendships that you make within your own community, man. Yeah. So it's, agree with that. it's so special, you know, what you're doing here and, and what you've done. And again, we can't thank you enough for, for coming on brother. Well, I appreciate you having me. We got so much to talk about, Jeff. I want to start off, man, with kind of the entrepreneurship lane. Yeah. I think it's so cool what you have started here, especially in this this is a rural community, man. Yeah. It's a smaller town. Yeah, it's and not that Rome is like a one it's not like a one horse town, but you know, I think you said when we were running the other day, you I think you quoted the the population of Rome and you said you only see like a certain percentage of this. Yeah, people. there's like I think somewhere around a hundred thousand people in our county. Yeah. Um, but you really live within about four thousand people. It's a bubble. Yeah. So you're going to see people at the grocery store. You're going to see people at church. You're going to see people walking around the street. So it's a it's a pretty tight knit community, um, but it's a pretty small community. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I agree with you, man. And I think that's just um, I think a lot of rural communities are like that. You've got a certain portion of the population that just kind of keep to themselves and mm-hmm. they're just kind of in that live and let live mode where don't bother me and I'm not going to bother you. Yeah. Um, so I see that a lot, you know, in our area, but um, it's with what you've built here, it's cool to see how many people are actually now willing to get involved and come out and be involved in something bigger than just, you know, what's going on on their little farm or within their little, yeah. you know, property. So, um, so you were a coach at CrossFit UCS. Yep. And you, at some point, decided to branch off and start your own gym here, CrossFit Rome, and that was in 2014. What what kind of spurred that transition for you, man? I think there's several facets there. Um, part of it was the the way in which I had in my head the type of organization that I wanted to build, I think. I think spurred out of trying to start something new. Um, it was through a series of leadership changes. Um, it was through a series of spurring from my brother-in-law, who it definitely has that entrepreneurial spirit, mm-hmm. to try your hand to till the ground to see if you can um, make something happen. It was terrifying, to be honest with you. Um, but the the vision that I had for what I wanted something to be came from trying to do something new. Awesome, brother. Awesome. And it had it had to have been to 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 leave that place of uh, I guess that safe place as a coach there at at the old gym mm-hmm. and then to step outside uh, of that and start your own thing. I mean, I could only imagine how uncomfortable that made you, man, and yeah. and and then again going back to starting a gym like this in such a rural community where you've got a group of uh, a large portion of the population that don't even know what CrossFit is, yeah. um, you know they're not they're not so uh, familiar or, 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 or into working out. You know, um, what was you say the main challenge that you faced start when you started this gym, uh, in 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 relation to 
its location, it being in a rural com- community, how did you overcome that and really put out and portray the message that you wanted to portray and draw people in? I think one of the biggest challenges is the perception of what people think CrossFit is versus what we actually do here sometimes are not in alignment with one another. The way in which we train athletes is a very holistic approach um, versus I feel like sometimes people think we just fight lions in here. Mm-hmm. It's not what we do. Um, it's, the, it's taking people, regardless of where they're at, and trying to move the needle in their life. It's a very holistic approach to going, we're trying to change people's nutrition. We're trying to change the way people move. We're trying to change the type of training that they're doing. We're trying to change the way in which they talk to themselves, think about things, the narrative that they speak. We're trying to change the way they connect with other individuals. It's not just about lifting a bar. So I feel like a lot of times when you would talk about CrossFit, the perception of what CrossFit is, high intensity and functional movement, um, is always done with a barbell. It is you do it until you throw up is not necessary reality. And I'm still battling that today is trying to keep our heads down and, and doing what we do to battle the perception versus the reality of what we actually do. Yep. Yep. And I, yeah, I could, that, that was, that was one of the main things that I thought about when, you know, you told me that you had this gym here in Rome as I thought, man, how did he, how did he get that across to just your, your average everyday person living here in Rome, like how how did you convince these people to walk through the doors, and and uh, and and create the environment that that you have created here that is welcoming for everyone, man? So I think that's an amazing thing that you've been able to accomplish. That um, the next thing I wanted to talk to you about, as far as the entrepreneurship lane, you know, you also hold a ma- you you're, you have a master's degree in. Um, physical fitness, yeah, right? Education. Yep. And education. So, and you have a teaching certificate for the state of Georgia here. So you could have easily yep. went and just become a teacher, man. Um, so what, what drove you toward, you know, being a business owner instead of kind of going that more traditional route with your degree and being a teacher? That's a great question. The ability to pour into adults' lives proved to be more challenging than I thought it was going to be at the beginning. And now it's something that I'm, I'm very passionate about. I still honestly miss the influence that I do have with high school students um, from my previous job of working as a strength coach at that school. But the ability to pour into adults' lives is something that's now very important to me. Mm-hmm. Moving the needle is uh, in, in an adult's life sometimes – I back up and I oftentimes think about, and I talk to the coaching staff here, is there's not a ton of opportunity or ability for one adult to pour in to another adult's life. Because as an adult, you're always supposed to have your crap together at work, at home. You are supposed to be in charge. You're supposed to know what to do. And as a coach, you have the opportunity to go, you can do this. This is challenging. Don't give up. This is metaphors for life because what we do here, ideally, I want to be able to take these concepts and do what's really important, which is outside the the walls of this gym. So the further I progress into my coaching, the further working with adults is something that's really important to me. Mm -hmm. 
And and so it sounds like too you've found a way by by impacting the adults and by impacting the the parents in a positive way and by building them up and kind of moving that needle as you say in turn you're impacting the lives of of all the children that belong to the parents that you have in here in the gym man. it's very generational yeah yeah it totally is man no i love that jeff um so the coolest thing to me about your gym about crossfit rome compared to the other gyms in in rome here is really that again i just keep hitting on it the the brotherhood and the community that you've built here i mean i came in yesterday to meet with you it was new year's day and you guys had a workout new you know the mor- that morning new year's day and how many people did you have turn up? A little over 40. A little over 40 people you had turn up for that workout, man. Yeah. And it it was a holiday. People had probably been out late the night before. Um, and yet you still have 40 people show up for this workout. So that to me is a testament of the environment that you've built here, that people want to come here and interact with really what's probably some of their best friends and brothers and sisters that have been, you know, friendships that have been built um, here with you. You've provided the platform, man, is what you've done. Um, And you talk a lot about fitness being more than just lifting a bar. And that's something we talked about on our run. And you almost had it lined out to like there were there were certain pillars of fitness, you know, or, or pillars that tie into fitness, yeah. almost from a body, soul, spirit type aspect to make make you a more well-rounded human being and not so much just an athlete. So can you talk a little on that, man? Absolutely. There's a philosophy that we've adopted. Um, ben Bergeron from New England first, I think, came up with it and kind of it's very synergistic to the stuff that we really believe in is there's a difference between fitness and wellness. Fitness fits inside wellness. And the pillars of wellness that we think about are things like nutrition, things like sleep, quality of sleep, things like um, training, kind of the way that you move, the mindset. Um, And mindset are things the way your narrative, your internal narrative is super important. The older I get and the more I talk to to athletes, the more that I feel like that is just pushed under the rug. And that's the untapped potential of getting into somebody's mind. You know this better than most is that that whole philosophy of getting to the way in which people see the world and people, the way people connect with one another. And if you can use fitness as a platform, so our, our methodology or our purpose statement is transforming lives through fitness and fitness is the mode in which we get to speak into their life. But if you're going to view it as a holistic platform, it's not just about training. It's about getting better in all five of those areas. Mm -hmm. And some people are going to be nailing a certain area and really struggling with another area. And that's where we're going to lean into. I'm a firm believer of leaning into the places in which you need to change the most is the fastest way to holistically move forward rather than just nailing what you're good at and kind of sweeping what you're not good at under the rug. Yeah. Because that's it's really uncomfortable looking at the things that you're not very good at and then really, really intentionally trying to work on them. Oh man, I love that, Jeff. And could you give us a spe- like a specific example, either 
of yourself or, you know, a member here where, where you've kind of leaned into something that you weren't good at? Like specifically where, where would that, where does that fit into this, uh, you know, whole picture of, of wellness that you're talking about? I know exactly what you're talking about, yeah. but give, give give the listeners an, uh, an example. Well, I'll pick on me. Um, I can list several examples just this year. 2019 for me was a, was a good year of leaning into my narrative. I feel like a lot of times when people are living life, they are doing the best they can to just have their crap together, show up well. But if you were to look inside their mind, if you were to, to hear or concentrate on the words that they say – uh, for me, it was one of those that negativity, lack of self-worth, um, and kind of being able to believe that you have value is something I've really worked on this year. Mm-hmm. And I can even name several examples inside the gym of some great conversations that I've had in, along that same line. Because a lot of times when you meet people, you don't know what they're struggling with. You don't know their story. You don't know their background. And you operate off of these assumptions or or the ability for you to think you know what's going on just because you know where they're at. And, and, and that's what I've learned in my own personal life is leaning into the way in which I view myself directly corresponds with the way in which I show up in situations. Because a lot of times the whole, the whole ability to show up well oftentimes comes out of the ability to look at things accurately rather than the way you feel about things. And that's been a big life concept that I've been working through this just this year alone. And and that's what I'm very, very sensitive to right now is listening to, because I'm working on that as a coach, I'm very sensitive to the way in which people are talking. Is it a negative comment? Is it a positive comment? Is it when they come in, man, this workout sucks. It's like, uh, what I'm hearing you say is this is an awesome opportunity to get better. And it's a running joke now. They're like, I'm going to always pick on their, their, their vocabulary, but what you say oftentimes is what you're going to get because I've been working on that. I'm very sensitive to identifying that in others. I love it. Does that make sense? No, it makes total sense, man. And, and you talk about, you know, your self, your self worth or your internal dialogue, how you value your own knowledge and, and your own message, how that affects you showing up well and performing well. And I see that in my own life, man. You know, say I've got a say I got a speaking engagement with an audience of two thousand strangers, basically, and I've got to go up and deliver a message. Um, if I don't see the value in that message, then it's not going to be delivered with the genuineness and the the forcefulness that it it should, you know, to my audience. So. You definitely got to see the value in your own, in your own knowledge, in your own experiences, all those things. And do you think that the people that you surround yourself with help you see the value in what you possess? Absolutely. Like the the people here inside the gym, the friends that I have, are great at what we talk about calling out the glory, like calling out who you were originally meant and designed to be. Um, I feel like they're inside anybody's traits, personality, there's a balcony side and a basement side. And and I feel like a lot of times people put so much pressure on the basement side, the things they don't like, rather than focusing on the balcony side and being able to surround yourself 
with people that spur you on to your potential is huge. Because if you're left inside your own head or have people around you that are constantly negative, like the trajectory of your life is only going to be a downward spiral. Yep. So be I'm very careful about who I am in a community with. Uh, and Lord has blessed this community, and we have a phenomenal community. And, and people here, my friend group, my, the, the community that we have is very intentional about making sure that we call people in to who – who they can be, even if they don't believe it currently. Yep, yep. So how important is it for us as as brothers, us as friends, um, to to and to I guess tell each other how tell each other how important our own experiences are, man. And and I, I guess it, I I get it from from like you yesterday the conversation that we had, man. And you were telling me, you, you were basically in a roundabout way telling me how strong the whole message of like don't die in the chair and and, and and like by you telling me that and you being an influencer, someone that I look up to, um, it it sh- it gave me like it strengthened my belief in my own message, man. The thing that I'm working through right now with a group is the difference between validation and affirmation. When we are searching for validation from others, you're only going to be disappointed. I'm a firm believer that validation is from the Lord, but affirmation is from brothers. And that affirmation is calling out something that's already currently there. And that's what I was trying to communicate yesterday. It's like your message needs to be told because it's powerful. Because it's one of hope, but also it's one of like keeping your head down and and keeping on moving and not dying in the chair and the power of the unspoken word or the power of the spoken word is this is this concept that people are hungry for right now and that just to spur you on to, the more people that hear it the, the more lives are going to be changed around it so being able to affirm people and what they're doing is an is an important process for me right now yeah man and i think that that's a good a really great challenge to kind of throw out there for anyone listening to this is you know when you see someone today that's important to you take the time to tell them about what they're good at mm-hmm. T- take the time to tell them about the aspects of the, the them that are important and and have fed into your own life because just like you telling me yesterday that my message was important, everybody needs to hear that, man. Like, yeah. like I'm, yeah, I'm a confident guy. You're a confident guy, but nobody's untouchable. I mean, everyone, no matter how, no matter what position you're in, no matter how much money you have, no matter how much influence you have, everyone needs to hear a little bit about what they're doing right and that just, I think, helps set their message, uh, you know, set the foundations of their message and and gives them more belief to share their message, man. So totally I love that. it, man. Um, so uh, I, we talked about kind of those those pillars of fitness and how it's, you know, it's it's more than just lifting a bar, man. You're you're trying to take the things that we learn here in the gym and apply them to regular life. So here here within CrossFit Rome, man, what are some things that 
that your clients learn through a, a group class, um, whatever it may be, that they can take and transfer into their real life when they go home or they go out to their workplace or things like that? You and I had a conversation on our run the other day about purposefully putting yourself in challenging positions. And we talk about the ability to do a burpee when you don't want to do a burpee is challenging for sure, but it doesn't touch going home and like parenting when things get tough or looking at um, like situations and sicknesses and financial things and um, relationships and being able to take a concept of getting through a challenging workout is just a just a a speck or just a glimpse of the ability to push when things are tough and also get confidence to not give up. Because really the ability for people to learn to fight, to learn to not give up, to learn to go, you know what, that was tough, but I got through it. If I can give that voice of hope to somebody in here in a 15-minute workout, but the ability to go home and fight for their family, like that's huge. And the concept for us as coaches to pour into to members to use CrossFit as an example, to purposefully put ourselves in a position of discomfort, because that's really what it is. It's uncomfortable. To discomfort, to be able to put themselves in positions that actually are hard. Being able to transfer transfer that skill is really, really important. And we touch base on like, why do we run? Why do we do CrossFit? Like, why do we pour ourselves into situations that are uncomfortable when we don't have to? Because there's going to be times that come that are outside of your control. And you need to come in kind of with the confidence going, I've gotten through hard stuff before. We can do it again. I love that, brother. And that's what self-inflicted adversity is all about. And you look, I look at it this way, Jeff, is, you know, going back to my time in the SEAL teams, man, we trained so hard during times of peace you know when we weren't downrange we were back home training i mean we were pushing the envelope and we were training during those times of peace we were training like we planned on fighting in the real world so when we got downrange and things were out of our control we could conquer any situation that popped up. And I think it's the same thing that you're fostering in here, man. You're you're inflicting adversity on yourself. You're training during those times that are within your control. This is a controlled environment. So when life gets hard and it's out of your control, you have the skills that you need to conquer that real life situation, man. So train during times of peace train like you fight, take this stuff seriously because it's going to propel you through life, you know, when, when it becomes out of your control. And speak to, uh, to teamwork too, Jeff, because I know this has got to be a team environment. So speak to that, man. How do you foster that teamwork uh, within CrossFit Rome and, and how that transfers into real life for, for your clients here? Yeah, the, the one thing that I'm fascinated with right now and kind of looking at the past year is how do you, how do you develop a high-performing team? 
Mark Miller, who, who works at Chick-fil-A and he's writ, writ, written several books, has this philosophy that we've adopted here is if you can take kind of a triangle and, and write community on one side and, and skills on one side and talent or, or the kind of the right people and being able to foster that triangle, that's where results are going to come up from outside of those three components. So in here, if you can get good people that feel like a family and give them the skill set, um, regardless of what that skill set is, if we're talking about a coaching staff, if you can get the right people on board, if you can foster a sense of family and you can give them the skills of coaching, like you're going to have a team that loves well, that performs well, and yields a good result. If you can do that here in a microcosm of a gym, they're gonna people are gonna feel like they're a part of something big, and then they're gonna take that, and then that's where outside the walls of the gym, going, you know what, it's challenging here, but I'm part of a team because mm. everybody wants to be part of a team. Even it, I am a firm believer that people that say they don't like other people still want to feel like they're a part of something. That's that's human nature, man. Yeah, I agree with you a hundred percent. I think, and I think that's one of the big things that that people miss about, especially, you know, people that have served in the military. That's when that goes away. I think that's one of the things that people miss the most is being part of something bigger than themselves. I think that's essential for the human condition. Yeah, is to be part of something bigger, Um, and it it almost just gives you something to fall back on um, when, when when everything else in life may be kind of spiraling out of control. If you've got that sense of being part of something bigger than yourself, then you can always fall back on that. And that's something that's steady. That's something that can surround you and, and help lift you back up, you know, to wherever you need to be, man. And when we talk about community, we talked about community earlier, that's essentially what community is. It's being part of that group that's bigger than just you as an individual. That would be my, my definition of it. Absolutely. When, when we talk about community, I feel like there's kind of a surface-level definition of community, and then there's a really deep level of community. And community isn't this, everyone should feel like a buddy. Sometimes that's pleasant. It's nice. But one thing that we really push here is somebody – Somebody needs to know you, like you, really you, like the things you don't want to talk about. You know, everybody's carrying around stuff, and stuff can be as broad as you can make that term to be. But the community is making sure that you are intentional about leaning into trying to be known by somebody. Mm. One, two, three people. I'm not talking about get on a school bus and tell everybody about your, your air your junk. That's not what I'm saying. But having a having a community is fostering the sense of safety to the best that we can do it in a group setting. Um, but then I'm I'm always leaning into the ability to have somebody truly know you, or at least a piece of you, and have enough people asking questions about like really what's going on with you. I am islands are dangerous if you can get somebody alone and isolated and feeling like they've got nobody. Destruction's coming. Like we are not meant to be by ourselves with nobody knows who we are. Mm-hmm. Brother, you hit the nail on the head. 
that specifically, what you just said, is what I was talking about earlier that I was lacking in my life. So that that sense of community, that the way you just described it, having another person that knows specifically who you are and is asking what's, hey, what's going on? How you doing, man? Like that can't be achieved through social media. Yeah. That can't be achieved through some long distance relationship. That's got to be within your your local community. These have got to be men and women that you have face to face time and relationships with, man. And man, the way you described it is just that's exactly what I was talking about that I think I've been missing in my own life. Mm. And, and, you know, for, for many reasons, one, because I moved around so much with the military, it's really hard to to put roots down because you're gone, you're traveling so much. But I'm just so thankful now that I'm in the place that I'm in to be able to develop those type of relationships like you just described, man. Yeah. You hit it, brother. Yeah, we have a rule. Uh, I have some some brothers that I do kind of do life with, and we have there's four things when you say, how are you? You cannot say great, good, fine, and okay. You have to find a different word. Because a lot of times when you when you say, how are you doing, your default answer is, like, I'm good. How are you? Yep. We're in the South. That's what you're supposed to say. Versus, no, 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 no. Chad, back up. How are you really doing? Mm-hmm. And, and finding those people is something that we put a premium on. Gosh, I'm mighty, man. I love that, brother. You nailed it, brother. We're going to shift gears real quick, Jeff. Um, this is something also that we discussed on our run together. Um, so you're a certified precision nutrition coach. Mm-hmm. So first of all, what is precision precision nutrition? Precision nutrition is a um, nutrition-based counseling program, uh, a nutrition program out of Canada. Um, and if you'll go and look, I, I, I firmly believe they are in the, in the field of nutrition, they are leading the way. Um, they are a kind of a behavior or a habits based, um, nutrition program. Um, so it's not necessarily all about, this is the right way to eat the wrong way to eat, but it's more about building and fostering solid habits, uh, for, cause what you continually do is kind of what you're going to get, uh, and being able to go through that program for anybody who's interested at all in nutrition, I cannot recommend that program enough um, to uh, to give them the resources to really kind of pour into people around them and help them. If you change somebody's diet, you'll change their life. Firm believer of that. Yeah, um, that that's what kind of what Precision Nutrition is, and 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 what I've done with them is just gone through their kind of their level one course um, online. It has several several steps that you go through, several chapters, take tests, just big test at the end, um, and then being able to adopt those principles to be able to help foster solid nutritional habits. It's not a diet. When a lot of times people are saying keto and and zone and paleo and these are these are philosophies and all of them are great and I've all of them have worked for for varying individuals every single one of them uh, but at the end of the day I really like the habits based approach that precision nutrition brings to the table yeah and you you kind of touched on on what my next question was going to be and and we're focusing on nutrition here because exactly what you just said if you can change someone's diet if you can change the way the way they're they're eating the way they view, um, again, not diet, not being 
like keto or like, yeah, yeah, like the the holistic approach of how they eat, you're going to change their life, man. Mm -hmm. It's that's so important. And my next question was going to be, what is your opinion on all those, uh, all these diet fads that are out there? I mean, you do, you see one, it's like every six months, another one comes out and people are, are swearing by it. And um, I, I don't know. I mean, I've never followed one. What's your opinion on it, man? You kind of hit so on it. nutrition, I, I jokingly tell people when they say, hey, what should I eat? So that's a, that's a broad question. This nutrition is an unnailable subject. It's an unnailable subject. It is a it – is, it, there is no perfect for anybody. There's something that works and something that doesn't. If keto works for you, nail it. Keep keep trucking. If paleo is your thing, if zone is your thing, if old school, I mean, we can go way back. If it works for you, it's consistent and it's and it works with your life, go for it. For me, I have seen people that go to the extreme sometimes have a lot more challenge staying with it. And the best nutrition the best diet that you don't stick with is not a good diet, regardless if on paper is perfect. Yep. So that's that's so my philosophy is meet people where they are and move the needle forward. I love that, brother. I love it. And so what's your I mean I mean, you talk about if it works for you, if, what's the best way to kind of find what works for you as an individual? Is that just through experimentation? I mean, would you recommend having a coach specifically for nutrition to kind of help guide you through it? I mean, how do you find that path? How do you find that specific diet that works for you, man? That's a great question. So let's say you call me. You want to sit down with me and talk about nutrition. I'm say, great. And you say, I would like to gain 100 pounds of lean muscle and do a physique competition. That is massively different than coming to me and go, you know what? I kind of want to lose five pounds this year. The, the, the level in which we have to coach those two end results is going to be different. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I'm going to take somebody and I'm going to ask them, what are you willing to do? That's a really important question with nutrition. So if I have somebody who comes in and goes, I want a, I want a 15 pack, like there isn't any such thing as a 15. I don't care. I want as many abs as I can get. And uh, the LGN diet, the look good naked diet. And I said, okay, what are you willing to do? Nothing. I don't want to change anything. I, re- I really like chips. Okay. And I want to eat them at every meal. That's going to be challenging. Because what they're willing to do is butting up against uh, what the results that they want. I'm, oft- I'm oftentimes talking about people's the expectations in which the, they want the result to be. So what they're expecting and what they're willing to do need to be in alignment with one another. So I'm going to say, hey, we can be really strict and we're going to weigh and measure our food and we're going to be very sensitive to macros and we're going to measure everything as far as like um, – Body measurements, we're going to do uh, biometrics, we're going to do blood work, we can do all of that, and we can dial in such a specific uh, kind of program based on a very, very specific outcome versus somebody else who comes in, general fitness, I'm, I'm 45, I haven't exercised in 15 years, I'd like to lose a little weight, and I'd like to start exercising more. That's awesome. It's great. 
we can start doing some metrics. Let's step on a scale. Let's do a few measurements. If we have the opportunity to kind of to go do some blood work, that'd be awesome. We don't necessarily have to, but we're just going to start cleaning some stuff up. We're going to eat a little less. We're going to add some vegetables. We're going to add some protein. We're going to cut down a little bit on some carbs. The results are still being met by both individuals, but the process in which we get there, one takes a lot more discipline than the other. Does that make sense? Yeah, and that's a so I think that that's a principle that can be applied throughout everything in life, whether it's making money, whether it's within your business, within your uh, your fitness goals, how your expectations have to align with the effort that you're willing to put into it. And I can just think of examples of that in my own life, man. I, I ran a a hundred miler this past September, and my expectation was to win this race, but I wasn't willing to train hundred mile weeks for you know the six weeks leading up to the race because I had other stuff going on in my life and I wasn't willing to make that sacrifice at the time. I didn't win the race. Yeah, uh, the guy that 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 won the race, he had the same expectation as me. He's actually was a guest on our podcast, Noah Cochran. Mm-hmm. So his expectation that day was to also to win the race, and he was willing to put in the effort it took. He trained. Uh, I think his biggest week was a hundred and fifty mile training week, and he beat me by two hours. Mm-hmm. So his his expectations aligned with the effort he was willing to put into this event. I just think that that's a a principle that is so applicable throughout life, man. Yeah. So I think that's something that we definitely got to keep in mind. When we set a goal for ourselves, we need to Im- immediately following or even before we, we really formulate the goal, we need to come up in our own heads with, okay, what am I willing to put into this? What am I willing to sacrifice from from a time standpoint, from a, mon- a money st- – I mean, you talk about even with diet, you got to factor in the cost. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are you willing to spend on on fresh, whole foods? What can you – what can you spend uh, from from a, a monetary standpoint toward that? So everything weighs into it, brother. Absolutely. I love that concept, man. Um, I was going to ask you, man, is there an optimal diet for endurance and CrossFit-type athletes? But, you know, you, you kind of talked about how specific it is um, to each individual. But are there any just kind of, uh, kind of just broad-spectrum things you know, kind of bits of knowledge that you could pass on to our listeners that are CrossFit or, or endurance athletes, just kind of standards that they should maybe set in their day-to-day, man. Oh, absolutely. Whole foods, not too much, mostly plants. Okay. Any solid nutrition. Here's what's really interesting. Any any program that wor- that legitimately works for long periods of time all have the same foundation. Whole foods, all, all of them based on whole foods. Not too much, and, and mostly plants. If you look at any big, long-term, sustainable, consistent, successful nutrition program, all of them have that bedrock. Okay, So then you can start getting into the science of, are we out running 100 miles? Or are we doing um, just high-intensity interval training? It, then we start getting into the nuances of, how do we... How do we fuel the body for the activity? How to recover from 
set activity. Uh, and then that's where making sure we're eating enough. That's where we can start playing around with where your main carbs come from. This is where we get into, are we, do we have enough protein in the diet? And then that's where we can start tweaking. But whenever I'm talking about just long-term nutritional principles, I'm going to say, is your diet consists mostly of whole foods, things that are naturally occurring. Can you pick it? Can you kill it? Can you trap it? Can you pick it up off the ground? Right. Um, is it, are you eating an appropriate amount? And we talk about this a lot when the appropriate amount, most people are like, don't overeat for that's for weight loss. Absolutely. But also with endurance athletes, a lot of times overtraining and lack of eating is just as detrimental. It's like, are we recovering? Well, what's our energy like? Are you just tanking the next training run? That's where we're going to start bumping some of that stuff up and paying attention to that. And then Mostly plants is huge, and you just can't get away from it. You're like, oh, I know I need to eat vegetables. We're actually about to start doing a nutrition, a, new, a portion of our wellness challenge has nutrition in it, um, is kind of that 800-gram challenge. Um, so that's a, a nutritionist out, out of Colorado. Um, E.C. Sinkowski came up with this um, program is the 800 gram challenge is eating 800 grams of fruits and vegetables a day. And we're going to start measuring that for six weeks, because if if you take in enough fruits and vegetables, you can get away with your with not eating as clean, so to speak, clean using that in quotations, so to speak, because you're still getting a, a lot of good quality nutrients into your diet. Um I'm always going to try to get people to eat as clean as possible. Um, but with that, those are the concepts that we're always going to fall back to regardless of what nutrition program we're talking about. Yep. And, uh, you know, I think the biggest excuse that I hear when you talk about a whole foods diet, at least from people within my inner circle or even within my family, is just it's it's so expensive, man. It's it's. I hear that all the time. Yeah. So my wife and I, we both eat whole, just exactly like you said, pretretty much whole foods, mostly plants. Um, we I eat a lot because yeah. I train so much. Bro, on just the two of us, I bet we spend mm, I'm gonna say three hundred bucks a week yeah. on groceries. So it is expensive, but is there anything better you could invest your money into, man? Yeah, you're going to start getting into the the these conversations that people don't like. Yeah, um, it, it, good food costs money. There are cheaper ways to do it, but I'm not going to split hairs there. But if you are if you are getting to the point where your life starts being drastically affected by your weight, um, diabetes, the for your um, some of your biometrics start going south, like you're you're still gonna you're still gonna pay something somewhere. You can do it now, or you can do it later. Like medicine's expensive. Um, the ability to s- start getting into major health issues is expensive, and and those are still cost. You can pay for it now if, as a preventative measure, or you can pay for it later. Uh, when, when unfortunately things aren't necessarily ideal, so it's it's coming somewhere. That's it, man. That's I feel it. like a lot of times people are very sh- have a tendency. All of us are. Huh? Everybody is it has a tendency to be short sighted um, with what's here now in front of us versus 
if I maintain the current trajectory, where am I headed? We ask that a lot. If you keep doing what you're doing, where are you going? A lot of times people are like, I don't really like where I'm going. You can change that, but you're going to pay somewhere. Yes. Dude, that's... I'm glad I asked you that question, man, because I couldn't have explained it any better. And that $300 a week that my wife and I spend on groceries, we look at that as an investment, man. It literally is. And you talk about you talk about how expensive healthcare and, and medication and stuff like this is, and you know, people within my own family that are getting into their you know late fifties, early sixties, and they're you know they're forking out hundreds of thousands of dollars on surgeries and and prescriptions, and and then they and then they they also they feel terrible. They they're not they don't have any quality of life, man. I think you n- nailed it there. The quality of life is the thing that nobody talks about. You can't put a price on it, can you? You can't. It's it's super subjective. But quality of life, I, I, I get razzed sometimes by some some folks, um, not in the gym, but. Why are you spending all the time training? Why are you spending all your time with exercise? You know that's not going to make you live any longer. Well, let's say I live the same amount of time that anybody else is, and I'm going to die the day I was supposed to die anyway. Up till that point, my quality of life is going to be better. And you can't put a price on that. Like, I feel good right now. Same here. I could be the same thing, uh, and my body would hurt, and I felt crappy, and I didn't, like, like the way that I either felt or or looked or performed inside those three categories because everybody makes changes with nutrition based on one of three things either body composition performance based around some type of activity or wellness based on like what their blood sugar is doing somebody's going to make a decision on one if not all three of those and if I can move the needle positively in all three of those now why not Oh, totally, man. And that's 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 why I won't go out here, man, and eat a, a Martin's biscuit, dude. Yeah. It's like I, and I think too when you change, when you make this change and you start eating the right things, you become more conscious of how you feel. So if you're in a perpetual state of just kind of feeling drugged down and fatigued and and low energy, if that's a perpetual thing, you you become insensitive to it, mm-hmm. and you forget what it was like to feel vibrant and healthy and energetic. And but but when you make that switch, man, and you relearn what it feels like to to have that just vibrant life, like you had when you were a child, and you've got this great energy and. And then when you go and eat something nasty or something bad for you, it makes you feel terrible. But I think people have forgotten what it feels like to feel good, man. And you'll talk to people that have a pretty clean diet, pretty consistent training, and pretty pretty good sleep. And and you'll talk to them about that time. You know, everybody goes, ah, I I'm gonna eat a I'm gonna eat this meal, and I know it's probably not gonna be the best for me. And then the next day they feel absolutely terrible. I've been there. A ton of people have been here. They, they eat the cheeseburger. Like, cheeseburger was so yummy. Yeah, and then the next day you feel terrible. If that's your norm, you don't ever have the feel terrible part. I see it, bro. It's just the norm. Yep. So. Yep. I love yeah. it, man. It's all about balance. I see it, brother. Well, Jeff, we, uh, we've talked a lot about definitely the body mm-hmm. being, you know, on the nu- 
the new and all this stuff, man. The body and the soul. It's also it's also tied closely together because your nutrition affects your body, but it also takes discipline to you know accomplish and, and to stick with a, a good nutrition plan. Same with you know the stuff you do out here in the gym. Yeah, you're 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 training your body. But every time you, like you said, you do that burpee when you don't feel like doing it, that's also sharpening your will. What do you what what you what you want to do or what you don't want to do? And that's you know that's where we get the soul aspect that comes along with physical training or self self inflicted adversity. So uh, we're hit, we've hit a lot on that, brother. I want to talk to you. Um, a little bit about the spirit, Jeff. And, you know, the other day we started our runoff with a prayer, man. We had a lot of good fellowship out there. And um, I want to talk to you kind of about your testimony, where you're at um, in your in your spiritual life and kind of how you nurture that aspect of yourself. Um, and I was reading through your bio yesterday, and I see, like a lot of people, um, especially in the South, you grew up in church, man, and but but you the the next bullet under that was something happened during your first year of college that I guess made you a little more serious about your relationship with with your creator with your what you view as God. So I was wondering if you could just share that story with us man kind of kind of what what made that shift in your spiritual life to uh, I guess to just solidify your faith. Yeah. So here's the vulnerable part, right? Yeah, um, man. Totally. So grew up in church. I I would say that I equated a lot of being a Christian with being good. So kind of that moralistic deism of going, just just be good. And if you're good, then you're then you're good, right? Um a lot of anxiety around that because you're not going to be good all the time. Um, so anxiety was a thing that constantly plagued me, um, worry. I was a professional worrier. Um, so, uh, dated a girl for three years in high school. And, um, I really found that like my whole happiness was that she was happy and my sad, she was sad. And it got to the point that it really, she became more of what I was obsessed with like emotionally about rather than the Lord really going, Jeff, you're focused on just on the wrong stuff. Um, went to spring break, Panama city, um, sitting on the beach, uh, not a great week, not a great place, uh, to be as a college student. I've been um, there, man. Yeah. Yep. So I'm sitting there and there's just all sorts of stuff going on and I'm sitting on the beach and it's the last day of it was spring break, my freshman year in college. Uh, and I'm sitting on the beach, it's raining, it's cold. Um, mm-hmm. There's all sorts of stuff going around me. I won't get into that. Uh, and I remember as, as audible as I've ever heard the Lord go, Jeff, hot or cold, man, hot or cold. And that verse terrified me. He said, because right now you're just kind of warm. And, and I, I vividly remember, like, like, like I'm sitting here today, it is that decision was going, all right, Lord, if you're real and I'm to do this and I'm to be serious – then I really need to kind of call into who you called me to be. And I need to move forward with the belief of going, we got to be warm. I mean, we got to be hot. This warm stuff's not going to work because you're just miserable there. You're in like this no man's land. Um, So 
coming back from that trip, started reading the Bible. The Lord kind of separated me from a lot of my close childhood friends for a little while. And that was kind of my time in the desert. Um, and then brought me back with those guys after some time of kind of some formation stuff. Um, and from there, kind of the whole, the whole trajectory of my life changed. Um, I would describe myself as a very lazy, unmotivated person in high school, which is something I still, still am troubled with today because I'm massively a different person now than I was when I was, you know, as a high school student. But a lot of people can put themselves in that category. Um, and currently, really trying to strive after the Lord's heart. Um, stepping into who he has designed me to be. I feel like a lot of times as a guy, especially talking about masculinity and who you think you're supposed to be. And if you're not hitting that metric of what you think you're supposed to be, you're just going to constantly be disappointed or be anxious or uh, not step into um, kind of treating and tending your domain well. Uh, so I'm going through this process right now called Battle for the Men's Hearts. And, and the whole process is really to get in tune with who Jeff really is. Because I feel like a lot of times, if you're really going to be honest with people, they feel like they're pretending. Um, and I felt like I was there for a long time. And, and being able to step into that now of kind of to chasing after – that community with the Lord and also chasing after who I'm really designed to be has been a very freeing process for me. And that's where I'm currently at now. It really, the Lord was gracious to me about a year ago. I read a Brene Brown book that was really powerful for me of just being able to step into kind of what the vulnerability is and kind of what my story is and what my narrative is and being able to call into or step into um, really where the Lord would would have me be now. So number one, man, it sounds like you're being very intentional about that process. Yes. Like you're working, you're, you're intentionally working through this, man. And, and I think that you talking about essentially getting your, your own ship in order, you know, man, there's a lot of, there's a lot of talk out there these days around leadership and everybody wants to hear about leadership, man. In my opinion, brother, the, the most essential part of leadership is having your own ship in order. Like being, you have to first become a good leader and steward of yourself before you can ever expect to go out and lead others. And man, this, I, for me, it works broad spectrum uh, in, in whether it's business or being a coach or uh, being a spiritual leader whatever lane, man, you've got to focus first on getting yourself in order, man. Totally agree with so, that. I love that you're being intentional with that. And um, you talked about, you know, not being what I would call lukewarm. Yeah. So, you know, being being either cold or hot, man. Um, when you made that shift, Jeff, and you decided, okay, I want to I wanna kind of rekindle that. I mean, what are some intentional things that you did when you heard that voice and said, hey, man, you're lukewarm. You need to either be hot or cold. You made the decision to heed that calling. What are some things that you intentionally did to to rekindle your relationship with Christ and, and become on fire again, man? Yeah. Uh, I believe the first, first thing is I was in, very intentional who I hung out with. That was big on 
big on fostering this new because at that point and in, in as as a Christian, I was a baby. Like you gotta be careful about who you hang out with. Uh, and the next thing is I was real intentional about the stuff that I read, uh, the things that I listened to, because the mind's really, really important. And it's being able to be intentional about the things in which you look at, the things in which you read, the things in which you surround yourself with. It, even as a college student, um, that was probably the first big step that I did is um, – is put myself in a position to be around people that I thought were doing it the way that actually should have been done. So what you were feeding yourself with, yes. basically. Very, very important. Yep. Got you. Got you. That's awesome, brother. And how about, you know, you talked about you kind of started digging back into, into you know, the Bible and God's Word when you decided to make that shift. I mean, how important is that to you even even to this day from your from your spirit your spiritual side, are you still, is that something that you still do on a daily basis to kind of nurture and, and continually foster and build your spiritual connection with God? Yeah, that's the, um, I would say now more than any other time, the, to, to deal or to combat with some of the anxiety that I struggle with, uh, being in the word is very therapeutic for me. It's very centering. It's very stilling. Um, it's kind of that, we were talking about this, this uh, Ruth Haley Barton book of Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership. She talks about this concept of if you take a mason jar and scoop out the bottom of a river, you've got some sand, you got some rocks, you got some water, and you shake that thing up. And, and more often than not, that's how you're trying to walk through life, trying to look through this jar. And it's like the, it's the only, only when you can put that jar on the table and let that sediment settle that you can actually see clearly, think clearly. Uh, operate clearly, show up well. Uh, for me, reading is a very important time for me to kind of quiet my jar of, of river water. And and so now it's it's more so than ever, very just very calming for me. And I, if if you know me, I'm a pretty high strung person. So yeah, um, yeah, reading's very good for for kind of quieting the storm, so to speak. Totally, and that's that. It, it works the same way with me, Jeff. And I try. I, I know I've said before, but I try to get that done first thing in the morning for me, man. Like you said, you let everything settle in that jar so you can see clearly and proceed throughout the rest of your day. Yeah. So for me, it's essential for me to take care of that first thing in the morning, and then it just seems like my day, you know, goes so much smoother. I'm able to see my purpose better. I'm able to see well, what is my job for today? What am I supposed to accomplish? Yeah. You know, and, uh, and, and hear literally hear from God about what my purpose is for that day. And reading, reading the word helps me with that, man. Um, so what does the future look like for CrossFit Rome, man? I mean, that's a great question. I feel like we're in a transition time right now at the gym of, of me stepping out as the head coach uh, to a new to a new opportunity for me to pour into the coaches, which I'm really excited about, is instead of instead of a lot of my energy and effort be into to the members in the classes, I'm I'm trying to very intentionally put my time and effort into the coaches to make sure they are set up for success to love on the 
to love on the members well, to have the skill of a coach, to feel like they're they're loved on. I'm 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 trying to make sure that they feel like they have the resources. And so that's what's taken a lot more of my time and energy. And the other thing is we touched on the precision nutrition is being able to, to really get a structured program off the ground right now to put people in a better place of success through intentionally providing some accountability around some of these behavior changes with nutrition. So I would say those are my two biggest things moving forward because uh, we have a we have an awesome team here and we have an awesome community and just making sure that I can do what I can do to show up well to help those folks do what they do is going to foster this this circle keep it spinning. That's it, man. That's it. And and it's what you're what what I'm getting from that Jeff is you're actually you're structuring your chain of command. Yeah. Like you you that's that's the way it has to be. You have to be you know, there for your coaches. And then in turn, you have to pour into your coaches and then allow them to go out into the gym here and do their thing, man. So, but, but I imagine, you know, we talked a little bit about that on the run, you know, you have been so invested in this. This is like, uh, this is an amazing living thing that you have created here. Um, I I imagine that's gotta be a hard, a hard step, you know, kind of, not that you're stepping away from it, but relinquishing some of the influence and the impact to the coaches and then you not necessarily having to be involved in every single relationship. Was that, I mean, does, was that, is that a hard, hard step as a business owner? How do you get through that, man? It's been quite challenging because I am now getting to the point that I don't know absolutely every single person here which is challenging for me because I am structured to love on folks. Like that's what I really enjoy doing. Um, and and then also the fear of not being able to not being able to get the job done is actually like, that's something I have to battle and go, no, that's not true. Like just continue to pound the stone daily. Uh, and, and the results will take care of themselves. It's a big life lesson I'm learning right now is like, ultimately you're not in charge of the outcome. We're talking about stepping back in that coaching role and more to a coaching the coach's role. Like you cannot, without a shadow of a doubt, be in control of the outcome. And that's been really challenging for me. It's like the outcome's not up to you. Like what you do is up to you, but the outcome's not. Like you just got to show up well. And that's kind of where I'm sitting now is being able to manage some of these fears that are starting to, to rise up of being stepping away, not getting the job done, um, really has used those focus when those things come up is really going, just keep your head down. Do what you're supposed to do today. Just take care of your ship today. And with that, I've just been I'm, – I'm always in awe of just the community that we have, the coaches that we have, the people that are here. Like, it's working. Yeah, it it's is. It's really encouraging. So. And, and, that's, and that's the way I think it's designed to work, man. I think that you'll find – and I think you're already finding that kind of the more the more responsibility that you and the more trust that you put into your team members and the more you allow them kind of freedom of movement to, I, I guess, shine through with their own strengths and their own knowledge, the better the the big picture is going to be like. Yeah. I've always found in my my own life and my own business, the more I can relinquish um, 
I guess, control to people that are experts. If, for instance, this podcast, we'll turn this podcast over to a guy that is an expert at, mm-hmm. at, at producing a podcast. Yeah. And so it's going to be better than I could ever do if I you know, kept a grip and I wanted to control this entire process. You know, It allows you to stay in your lane. It allows you to get better within your lane, and it allows everybody else freedom of movement to really shine through with their talents and their abilities, man. Yeah. So I'm so excited uh, for to to see what what CrossFit. I mean, CrossFit Rome is already something. I walked in here yesterday, man, and I was just blown away by what you've created. But so excited to see what it's going to become. So excited about being a part of it in the future. Um, I definitely want to get plugged in here with yeah. you guys and help any way that I possibly can. And I want to thank you, Jeff, for having the courage to step out and to start something like this and to become an influencer within this community, an influencer that's providing positivity, that's providing an environment to uh, not only for the self-inflicted adversity, but for uh, to learning how to be a, a team player, a team member, to creating that environment to where people within our community can have a sense of being part of something bigger than themselves. Uh, I think what you've done here, man, is just uh, it's it's a game changer, brother. Well, the com- the community it. wouldn't be the same without what you've done here. Well, I appreciate so, it. No, thank, thank you for that. Thank you, brother. And um, I guess we'll wrap it up. Jeff, you got anything else that you'd like to throw out there, man? Um, no, not for now. I appreciate you having me on. Oh, no. It's, it's I'm a, happy you're uh, coming to Rome. Yeah, man. I'm pumped I'm, about it. I'm pumped too, brother. And I want you also, Jeff, to uh, just kind of put out where people can find you and follow you on social media or uh, for our local listeners, how they can find more about CrossFit Rome here. Yeah, we have a website, CrossFitRome.com. My number's on there, email's on there. Um, we have a page on Instagram, Facebook, CrossFit Rome. So, yeah, that's uh, trying to keep our 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 impact um, is uh, the, the, my philosophy for for that is making sure that we just love and pour on the members that we currently have. So if you go to social media, that's that's kind of what you're going to see is what we do uh, and the people that we currently have. So um, it's kind of the snapshot of what we we put out there for folks. So yeah, but any questions, feel free. Got my phone on me pretty much all the time. Um, so email, do the best I can to respond to those timely manner. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, brother, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, no, roger that, Jeff. Thank you so much, brother. All right, guys, this is the 3 of 7 podcast. Enough said. This podcast was produced by Your Social Gathering. We hope you enjoyed. If you are looking to increase your digital marketing presence or elevate your digital assets, check us out at yoursocialgathering.com.